discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. Wow. It's good to see you. I bless to be in the house of God. Ask anybody you at all. Are you glad to be in the house of God at all? Are you ready? Let's pray and then we'll start. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is here to guide us to lead us in your word thank you that our hearts and our minds are open to receive your word receive your word with gladness and with meekness thank you that we produce fruits and produce results on every sea of our lives even in jesus name amen, amen. hallelujah praise the lord i want to pass some few comments concerning some things in the bible hallelujah what is important to god you know, what is god looking at when it comes to his children, what does God care about? For some children of God, God cares about their wrong and cares about their sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, God is looking out for their wrongs. In other words, their relationship with God is based on whether they do the right thing during the week. Or they don't do the right thing during the week. Like their worship style is influenced by whether they sin during the week or not. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So, for, for some, in fact for most Christians, it's like that. Your, your relationship with God, okay, and how close you are to God, is determined in your eyes by how wonderful or good you were during the week or during the day or how bad you were during the day. How many of you understand what I'm saying? If, if, okay. But what, what, does God, what does God look at, really? Because you can be thinking in one direction and God also be thinking in another direction and you will not be on the same platform. You see, if you are in a relationship with someone and uh, the person prefers, let's say, the, the man, the husband wants you to just do good food. Good food is what makes his love for you increase. But in your mind, you think that your dressing is what makes his love for you increase. Do you know how devastating that will be? Because he's expecting good food. And you are giving good dressing. Meanwhile, he just wants good food. If you give him good food, he doesn't care about your dressing. He will flow with you. Everything will be fine. So it's important we know exactly what God is looking out for. 
Okay? And I want to show you some scriptures along that line. The most important thing to God is your belief in his word. Your faith in his word. It doesn't sound powerful. That is the most important thing to God. Your faith in his word. Your belief in his word. That is the most important thing to God. Nothing else. When that is there, every other thing will be sorted out. So I want to show you some scriptures from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2. Now, if you read in James chapter 1, the Bible mentions, you know, how important it is to do the word of God. Okay? And Hebrews chapter 2 also buttresses that point. Let's look at James chapter 1 first, and then we'll come to Hebrews chapter 2. Okay? James chapter 1, let's read from verse 18. James 1 from verse 18. And just look at the discourse. Look at how God talks. It says, of his own will, of God's own will, he begat, begat he us with the word of truth. Of God's own will. God, nobody forced God. God knew what type of people he was dying for. He knew the type of, he knew the group he was dying for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 5 verse 8, the Bible says that, For God commended his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. He knew the group he was dying for. He didn't die for Christians. He died for sinners. He died for ungodly people. But God commanded us after us that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay? Look at verse 6. Go to verse 6. Same book, same chapter, verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for... For who? He died for the ungodly. <laughs> so God knew the type of group he was dying for. There's no doubt about that. Yet he says, of his own will, of God's own will, he gave birth to us, he begat us by the word of his truth, that we should be a type, that's in James chapter 1 verse 18, where we're reading, go back to that place, of his own will begat us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, of his own will, begat us. The word begat means to give birth to. It's the same word as being born again. Okay? Jesus used the word born again. He's the first person who used that word. Born again. Genau anoden. Okay? This one is an, anno anoden, which means to be born again. It's the same thing. Hallelujah. To be begotten. Of his own who begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his first, of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Your anger does not work the righteousness of God. So don't be angry too much. Be angry small. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Just lay the foolish things aside. The most important thing to God is his word. Receive his word with meekness. Receive the engrafted word. The word engrafted means the word is already inside. There's, this, is, this is, he's bringing the word from without you, but the word is inside you already because you are born of the word. Okay? The born again experience is the born, being born of the word and being born of the spirit. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 says what? Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God that lives and abides forever. So if you are born again, you are now born of God's word. Isn't it? I always make this example or give you this example. How many of you have seen a fish walking around 
you know, with, with a hat, bandana, red bandana. It's only in cartoons, moving around and, you know, going to buy Kelly. When you ask him, what, why am I going to buy Kelly Willie? There's nothing like that. Fishes are born of water. They must stay in water to survive. Is that true? If you are born again, you are born again of the word. You must stay in the word of God to survive. Your, your prosperity, your fruitfulness is not found in other things. It's found in God's word. You must learn to stay in God's word. And that's what God is looking at. You must learn to put your faith and your trust in God and what he has said. Not in what you did wrong or didn't do wrong. You are doing wrong because you are not looking at his word. If you were believing in his word the way you were supposed to, you wouldn't be going wrong in any way. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've just said what I want to say in a nutshell, but I just want to show you scriptures to, sh- to show you. Okay? Go back to James chapter 1, where we're reading. I think we are in verse 20 now, right? James 1 20. Wherefore lay apart all foolishness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive meekness and grafted word, which is able to save your souls. 22. But be ye doers of the word. This is the most important thing to God. But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. Deceiving your own selves. Don't just hear the word. Do the word. Practice the word. Okay? Practice the word. If you hear the word of God concerning how that you are set apart to God, the next thing to do is to practice your being set apart. So you say to yourself, I'm set apart. I'm different. I'm not like every other person. That is what God is looking at. That's what God is looking for. You are pleasing to God when you do his word. He says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. For the one who hears, go to the next verse. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding himself in, in, in a mirror. His natural face in a mirror. For straight away he goes away. Next verse, 24. For he beholdeth himself and goes away and straight away forgets what man of man he was. He forgets what type of man he was. So ministers just show you what you are. Okay? When we come to church and we are talking to you like this, or even if we are talking to you on a normal day, all our responsibility, the responsibility of a, of a minister is to show you the mirror of God, show you what you really are. And your responsibility is to believe what God has said. When you believe what God has said, you will end up walking in the light of what God has said, and you end up producing the results that God wants you to produce. That is Christianity. Okay? That is Christianity. Christianity is not... You know, I don't want to do this wrong. I don't. You will do it. You become what you look at. You become, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So God wants you to stay your mind on his word rather than stay your mind on sin. If you stay your mind on sin and wrong, you will produce sin and wrong. If you stay your mind on his word, you will produce his word. The more you stay your mind on sin, the more faith you have in sin. The more you stay your mind on his word, the more faith you have in his word. That's how it works. Since that man straight away forgets what man of man he was. Look at the next verse. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that is the word of God, and continueth therein, the mystery or the secret is in continuing therein, remembering what was said, remembering what you saw in the word, and living your life along that line. Continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, I preached a, a, a message some years ago, many years, I think about seven years ago. Forget me not. And I was talking about the word of God. You can, you can forget the word of God. That's the problem with Christians. If you forget what man of man you are, you forget the word of God. You forget what God has said. 
and you look at every other thing apart from God's word. You look at your, your physical circumstances, your flesh, how your flesh is worrying you, how nothing is working for you, how whatever is. But God has said some things concerning you. What has God said concerning you? Stay your mind on what God has said concerning you. When it comes to money, he says that I've made you prosperous. You may not see it around you, but God says the more you stay your mind on the thing, the more it works. Hallelujah. How many of you had a prescription being given, a drug prescription being given to you for just one day? How many of you had that? You had malaria and uh, all that they asked you to do is just take, take this pill. It's finished. Just take it. As soon as you take it, it will be gone. Have you seen some before? Anybody, you've seen some before? It, there's nothing like that. They, give, they put you on a course. They'll tell you, take it in three days or four days. Take two pills in the morning, two in the evening. The following day, same thing. Then they'll say, if symptoms persist for after three days, please consult your doctor. It means that it's not what we give to you. It's not what the problem that you have. It's not the results we give to you. There's something wrong. You need to see a doctor for him to change the prescription for you. Same with the word of God. The word of God does not just work immediately. The Bible describes the word of God as a seed. Do you plant a seed and stay and then seeds grow immediately? No, it doesn't work. You must understand the principles of the word. It's a seed. Okay? That is planted and must be watered for it to grow. So never say that, oh, I used the, I, I obeyed the word, I, I trusted God five years ago, nothing happened to me. So I, I, right now I'm considering other things. There's a problem. Probably the seed that God planted is the cocoa type of seed. That grows after five years. You plant cocoa, after five years, you start harvesting. You will go, the farmer will be weeding every day. Plant, watering every time. Fertilizing the thing every time. Five years. Do you know five years? Have you seen five years in your life before? But after five years, you will harvest forever. Is it true? That's how the word of God is. So God is more interested in your interest in his word. Than in, the, in your interest in your circumstances or your wrongs. Okay, Hebrews chapter 2 now. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Let's read from let's read from verse 5. It's still a long read. I'm going to read all the way to chapter 4. Okay? All the way to chapter 4, verse 16. That's what I want to do. Can I do that? Okay. For unto the angels has he not put in subjection that world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man? This is, this is Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 8. That thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visited him. Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and this set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things, all in subjection under, his, under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. He says that man had control of everything. But now we don't see that happening. Okay? Man was crowned with glory and was given dominion by everything in the earth. We know Adam lost it and all that. So that's what he's discussing here. So he says that, but we don't see everything under him yet. But we see Jesus. We see someone called Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. When we say someone is made a little lower than the angels, we are talking about made human, made flesh. Okay, so Jesus was made flesh, like a human being, for this purpose, for the suffering of death. The reason why Jesus was born to suffer for death 
Everybody has his purpose for living. Jesus' own was to come and come and die. So that you will live. So your purpose is that you will come and come and live. And live a life of abundance. That is why you are born. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life. John 10, 10. The thief come not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I'm come that you might have life and have it to the full. So that your purpose for existence is that you might have life and have it to the full. <laughs> because the purpose of Christ was to come and come and die. It says, the, oh, go back, go back to Hebrews chapter, what were we reading? Hebrews chapter 2, please. But we see Jesus who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death. For the suffering of death. That is the reason why he came. He came to suffer for death. For who? We see him crowned with glory and honor. He's crowned with glory and honor. That he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. He, by the grace of God, by the special working and the special help of God. Grace is the working of grace. God at work. God worked so that Jesus would taste death for every man. Why? Look at the next verse. Verse 10, please. For it became him for whom are all things. He owns all things. And by whom are all things. Everything was made by him. In bringing many sons unto glory. Who are the many sons? You and I. In bringing many sons unto glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Next verse. Oh, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. Those, he says, for both he that sanctified, who is he that sanctified? Jesus is the one that sanctifies because he's God. And those who are sanctified, that is you and I, are all of one. In other words, they are all of, they all have flesh. Okay? For which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. You understand? God is not ashamed to call us brothers. <laughs> Next verse. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, the children, I and the children which God has given me. This is Jesus talking. Oh, this is Jesus talking in the Psalms. And this is the word of God talking in Psalms. Next verse. For as much as then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. He also partook of flesh and blood. For what purpose? That he might through death, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. So when it comes to the devil, the devil has been destroyed. And his power has also been taken care of. You see, Jesus became a man so that he can solve the problems of man. One of the major problems of man is the devil. He became a man so that he can die and paralyze the one who... Look at the next verse. And delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So he, he, he died so that he might deliver us from the devil and from the power of death. Death is also another thing that man is afraid of. If you're a child of God, you shouldn't be afraid of death anymore. Because he became a man so that he might through death conquer the one who had the power of death. So that all those who were their whole life. It says, and delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subjected to, to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels. Angels are powerful. They are stronger. But he didn't take on the nature of angels. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. 
<laughs> Wherefore, in all things, it behoved him to be, to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful... Why? Why did he come? I've showed you. So that he might paralyze the devil. Okay? Through whom everybody was led to sin. And might paralyze death, the result of sin. Are you seeing it? Then the next thing is that, he says, whereof in all things it behoved him. He loved it to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. That is the other thing. In things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for for the sin of the people. So he became a man so that he can become a high priest to take care of the sins of the people. He's showing you the things that God has taken care of. He's taking care of the devil. He's taking care of death. He's taking care of sin. How? So that he, he, he became a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So if you go on, there's, there's a discussion concerning Melchizedek to let you know that Jesus' high priest is not after the order of Aaron, but after the order of Melchizedek. Go up. Go to verse 17. Go to 17. Wherefore, in all things, he liked it. Okay? It behoved him. It was placed on him, and he loved it. To be made like unto his brethren, like unto men. So that he might be a merciful, he came into flesh. So that he can experience what happens in flesh. All your feelings, all your movements, all your, the things that you go through. When you see some things, the way it moves you. All the desire to lie and to steal and to cheat and to insult. He became a man so he can experience all those things. For what purpose? So that he can be a merciful and faithful high priest. Do you know who a high priest is? A high priest is the one who prays for the people. So that he can know how to pray for you. He says that he became, (laughs) that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Next verse. For in that he himself has suffered, being, being tempted, he himself has suffered. Being tempted, he is able to help. The word to call means to help. He's able to help them that are tempted. So when you are being tempted, know that the temptation that you have, no. That feeling that you have, that temptation that you are having right now, that suffering that you are going through, Jesus went through the same thing. You can't say, you can't look up into heaven and say, God, you don't understand what I'm, I'm going through. You are lying. He understands everything that you are going through. You've not read your Bible, that's why I'm saying that. He knows what you have gone through. For having been put to test himself, he is able to give help to others when they are tested. He's able to give help to others when they are tested. So when you are being tempted and being tested about some things, talk to God. God, Charlie, <laughs> you, remember, you remember this point. Charlie, do something about it. And he will do something. He says he's able to help. Go to, jump to Hebrews chapter 4. Let's read verse 14. Hebrews 4, 14. So when it comes to sin, he's there to help. That is why he came on it, to come and help you. Not to condemn you. Not to criticize you. Not to blast you, not to insult you, but to help you. Are you seeing it? Look at this one. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our, our confession or our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like us we are, yet without sin. All points. What can you be tempted with? He has been tempted with it before. Yet without sin. So he knows all the maneuvers to help you to go without sinning. You contact him. Tell him about contact him. When you are at the crossroads of view temptation. 
I know you are, things are going on in your mind. Like your type of temptation is going on in your mind. The best is the Bible says that he's able to keep them from falling. He's able to keep us from falling. That is the time to call on his name. Father, help me. Dear Jesus, help me. And he will help you. Because he became a man to become a high priest so that he can help you. That is the reason why he came. Help you in your time of wrong. Help you in your time of temptation. Are you saying it? Go back to Hebrews chapter 2 where we're reading. So he's not thinking about your sin. When it comes to your sin, why is he there? He's there to help you. Okay, look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. 1 John 2, 1 and 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that he sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. He's our advocate, our lawyer. He talks on our behalf. Who is the propitiation? Next verse. Who and he's the propitiation for our sins. Not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He's a propitiation. The word propitiation is mercy seat. He's the mercy seat for our sins. In the Old Testament, they'll, they'll pour the blood of the lamb upon the mercy seat seven times. And God will be appeased. And he will declare everybody not guilty for one year. The Bible is saying here that Christ's blood is ever sprinkling upon the mercy seat. And can you imagine that Christ himself is the mercy seat? Christ is the lamb, he's the blood, he's the priest that offers the blood, and he's the mercy seat himself. He's everything. And he's declaring you not guilty. What is your problem? Tell me about what is your problem. He's saying that I'm helping you. What is your problem? You see, believe what he says. If you believe what he says, you will stop fooling around. You are still fooling around because you don't trust what he says. When he says, oh, you, you, but you see, life is not easy. You see, we know, but we know, but that is why you are where you are. And that is why you remain where you are for 20 years. It is very easy to stay at one place for 20 years. You know? The Bible says, who is blind but my servant? Who is deaf but my, who is deaf, deaf but my messenger? Yes. A lot of Christians have closed their eyes to God's word and have opened their eyes to their circumstances and their conditions and the problems that are around. You sleep with your problem, you wake up with the problem. You keep going. There's, there's only one thing, one means for change with respect to God. His word, finish. God can't do any other thing without his word. Outside of his word, he can't function. So if God is going to change anything in your life, it's going to be through his word. Don't joke with God's word. You understand? That's why we teach you to read your Bible. Sometimes as though we are insulting you. Read your Bible now. It's like, oh, what are you talking about? I can't read it. If you can't read it, listen to messages. The messages will lead you to hear the word. Because the word of God is the only means for change for you. Nothing else will work. If you like, let's try it for 15 years. Decide not to do anything with respect to the word of God. Just be around. I will choose to do the word of God. I like that one. Let's see who, what will happen. 15 years is even too long. Maybe five years. Have you seen people's problems being there for a lot of time? Yes, they are same place for a long. It even gets worse. Isaiah 42, 19. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as a lost servant? They have closed their eyes to the word. Shut their hearts to the word. That's what it means to be religious. 
You know everything in the Bible, but you won't do it. When the opportunity comes for you to do it, but I know, but he says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You are sick. There's something wrong with your body. Lay hands on it and recover. Father, but <laughs> some can even pray. I receive healing now. When they finish praying, hey, let me speak English so that everybody can understand. They will lay hands on the thing, okay, pray, and then they will just shake their legs. God, when are you going to heal me? I thought he said lay hands and recover. Lay, you see, there's, the word of God is like maths. One plus one is equal to two, isn't it? If you do one and you do the other one and you add them together, the expectation is two. No matter how long it takes, two will show up. I told you, it's like a seed. It may take five years, it may take two years, it may take three years, but it will show up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so go back to Hebrews chapter 2. Remember, he became all these things so that he can handle the devil, he can handle death. Okay? And become our high priest to help us with wrong, with sin. So he has taken care of sin. So sin is not a problem anymore. Don't be wallowing in sin. If you do something wrong, he's, what does he says? 1 John 9, if we, if we sin and we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So he's made provision for us. In fact, we are the forgiving ones of God. What you think about is what you produce. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is. What you are thinking is what you will be. If you think you are a poor man, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. You are in trouble. As the years go by, you will see poverty showing up in your life. You, you, you see, you can be saying I'm rich, but you are thinking poor. You say I'm rich, but when you go home, you revert back to your life, normal life. You must decide to make a change. Okay? You must decide to make a change in your daily routine. I used to do this. I'm not going to do it anymore. I've been thinking and talking and behaving poor. I'm going to make a conscious effort to change it. I've been behaving and thinking as someone who is sick. I'm going to make a conscious effort to change it. So what they preach in, a, in, in, in church, you take it home. You see, we are all light here. Everybody is light. The Bible says that you are the light of the world. We are the light. We are all light. Everybody, you can't shine more than anybody. We are all shining. When you go home, that's where to shine. You shine at home, not here. You shine at home. You can be singing in the crowd, but you are, your life is not correct. Go home and go and make what we have said here a five effect in your daily routine. That is the Christian. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. As you are thinking, so are you. If you are thinking wrong, you produce wrong. Some people think that the mind is not discussed in the Bible. The mind is discussed in the Bible more than any other book in the whole world. Your mind is the door to your spirit. Without your mind, you can be speaking in tongues, and not get anything. A lot of Christians, mandoshki stidi. All that is shaking is their body. Malo shekeba, balabradada, skolebelelebe. Nothing is changing. Because in your mind, you don't know how powerful the tongues is. If your mind is not stayed on what's the meaning of the tongues is and the benefits of the tongue, you will not get anything. Jude 1.20 But ye beloved, 
building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Now, if, if you knew what was discussed ahead before that particular verse, you would take it very, very seriously. If you knew what was discussed before it, you would take it very, very seriously. Hmm? A lot of things. I shared them on, to you on Wednesday. How the world is going to become worse and worse, get destroyed. A lot of things are going to happen. Problems in the world, plenty. Then the recommendation for you says, but you, beloved, when it comes to you, you will see problems in the world. But when it comes to you, this is what you are supposed to do. But you, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice. Higher and higher. That's what the Amplified says. But you, beloved, build yourselves up. Founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. This is how to make progress. As a child of God, this is your progress machine. When you're speaking in tongues, progress. You see the way you run around working because you think that working is what will make you progress in life. It's powerful. There's nothing wrong with work. We work. We all work. I'm working now. You all see that I'm the one standing. I'm working. Work is important. But there's a number one way to progress. Spiritually, when that is there, the physical ones will just start showing up. This make progress by speaking in tongues. Eh? Rise like an edifice. Higher and higher. Rise like a building. Higher. You can build your life. One step to the other. You can complete foundation level and complete lentil level and complete roof level and start doing beautification into the house. Yeah. All on your own in your room. How? Now, as you are doing that, your mind should be stayed on this. I'm, build, I'm making progress. That is when you see it. You even see results in your physical body. Yeah. You start feeling the currents and the electronic currents of the Holy Ghost. Yes. I will pray in tongues. It's normal. Mola Baba Malababa. Mola Baba As though they are chewing pepper. It's hard. It's difficult. Because, because of where your mind is. Oh. The word of God is right. That is what God is looking for. Your belief. Your faith. Okay, let me show you some more. Go to... We just finished reading Hebrews chapter 2, right? That's the last verse. That it might be a help to those who are in sin. Those who, are, who need help. Now, chapter 3 verse 1 says that. Wherefore, holy brethren, he calls us holy brethren. After discussing that, he's continuing. It's not, it's, it hasn't ended. It's a continuum, continuous word. It's a letter. It's one letter. The verses and the chapters were introduced in the 17th century to make reference easy. So that when I'm preaching, I can say Hebrews. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2. And you can turn to. When I start, when I'm talking, you don't know. If I'm just talking, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know which part of the letter it is. Uh, but they introduced verses and chapters to help us to be able to do referencing. And put comments and full stops somewhere. Wherefore, holy bread, the particular of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in his, all of his house. He discusses how important Christ's priesthood, high priesthood is, and why you must believe in him, and why you must have faith in him, and how, why you must rely on him and his ability to help you. He's showing you where his origins came from. He's not ordinary. He ever liveth to help. Okay? He ever liveth to help. Now, drop down. I, I don't want you to see some other parts. So go down. Let's go down to... Okay, to verse 6. Go to verse 6. But Christ... So he spoke about Moses and the priesthood that came out of Moses, which is the ironic priesthood. If you read the verses before. Moses was made a servant in a certain house. But he goes on to say that, ah, if someone builds a house, who has more glory? Is it the house or the man who built the house? The man who built the house, isn't it? Not the house. 
If you see the house, oh, yeah, this house is nice, oh, it built itself. No, you look for the one who built the house and congratulate the one who built the house. So the one who built the house has more glory than the house that was built. He says that Moses was a servant in the house that was built by Christ. Do you think Moses is powerful? Then consider Jesus. He's the one who built the house. You understand? But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end? This is too powerful. It's too powerful. I don't know whether I I can talk about it. Let's go on. I'm sure it will come. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, today, if you hear his voice, today, if you hear the word of God, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day, as in the provocation, the day of temptation in the wilderness. God told the children of Israel, because they had done wrong and serpents were biting them. So he lifted up a brazen serpent. And he said, look at the serpent, the brazen serpent, and you will be okay. But everybody was looking at the snakes biting them. Nobody was concentrating on the snake. The snake is down here. You are telling me to look up. Are you crazy? <laughs> but God said, look up. Look at the brazen serpent. And you'll be fine. But the conditions around. So they change their mind to. That is the day of provocation. There are so many other places. But this is a classical one. The serpents were biting them. Ay! 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 God said, look up to the brazen serpent. Those who looked up, the serpents ran away from them. Those who didn't look up died because we're concentrating on the wrong things. Looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Yeah. If you read carefully, you realize that the brazen serpent was actually Christ. Harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. In the day of temptation, the word next. Next verse, verse, verse 9. When your fathers tempted me, when they proved me and saw my works 40 years, they were insulting God, so God showed them plenty works. 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their hearts and they have not known my ways. Next verse. So I swear in my wrath. This is God talking. I swear in my wrath. Concerning the Israelites. I swear in my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. They shall not enter into my rest. They will never enter into my rest. Why? Next verse. He says, take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you, be in any of you, an evil heart of what? An evil heart of what? In departing from the living God. Continue. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. Next verse. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, Continue. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. Next verse. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. When they heard the word, they provoked God. And said that his word is not powerful. It's not what, what he's going to do. That's why they didn't look up. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. It's not everybody who did that. Everybody, some people changed. But with whom was he grieved for 40 years? He's asking a question. With whom was he grieved for 40 years? Was it not with them that sinned? Whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? says, with whom was he grieved? With whom was he angry? That he says, when it comes to those who sinned, they all died in the wilderness. Their carcasses fell in the wilderness. So they are not part of those who grieved God. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned? Whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? He's asking you, wilderness? Next verse. And to whom to where? 
he that he, they should not enter into his rest. When it comes to those who grieved him, they died in the wilderness. Those who sinned, they died in the wilderness. But unto whom did God hit his chest and say, I swear by myself, if you people enter into my rest, then I'm, then I'm not God. Who are they? No, grieving God and God doing something that will cause God to swear that you, if you come close to me, you see. Which one is better? Which one is better? Those who give God died in the wilderness. They are dead. But God didn't say they will not enter into his rest. They are dead to lead them into his rest. And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believe not. Those who don't believe, you will never enter into his rest. So two groups. Those who sinned, they give God. They died in the wilderness. They are, they are judgment of that they died in the wilderness. But God didn't say anything about them not entering his rest. Their death led to entering into his rest. But this group, who decided that they would not believe in God's word. That's why I said, he said that, make sure there's no one amongst you who has an evil heart of unbelief. Look at the next verse. So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Unbelief. Unbelief. Jump to chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 1. So your belief in the word of God is too important. That's what God is looking at. I don't know if I made it clear to you. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, which we have another promise of entering into his rest. Okay? Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, those other people. Why? Because they did not mix it with faith in them that heard it. They did not mix it with faith. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works are finished on the foundation of the world, he speaks about two types of rests. Okay, there's a rest that we will have with him on that day. And there's a rest here on earth. Where you cease from your works. The Bible says that he that has entered into his rest has ceased from his works. If you read down, you see it. The one who has entered into his rest has ceased from his works. You get to a point in your life where you are not, whatever happens around you does not, it does not displace your peace. You understand? Yeah. Whether things are going well or not. Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I am to be what? To be content. I've learned to abound and to be a base. Because I know that God is my supplier. Paul was in prison, but he said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. By Christ Jesus. Tell me, but mix the word of faith. Be a doer of the word. Not a hearer only. Hallelujah. So you see what God is interested in. Have you seen what God is interested in? When it comes to your sin, he says that he's dealt with it. He's there to help you. If you continue and you grieve him, you will die. The Bible mentions that for to be carnally minded is death. It's, it's a principle in the Bible, it's there. But that's not what his concentration is on. His concentration on, is on you being spiritually minded. But that is where your life will come from. See, I'm a doer of the word. Say it again. I'm a doer of the word. Not a hearer only. I do the word. I put the word to work. In your private life, in your home, do the word. Why do we give tithes? We give tithes because they say we should give tithes. God says we should give tithes in the word of God. 
Jesus' those of you don't give tithes, it's up to you. Jesus' priesthood is not after the Levitical priesthood. The Levitical priesthood is what has been done away with. Jesus' priesthood is after the order of Melchizedek. It's not because Jesus is from Judah, the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah, they are not priests. They are kings. They are not priests. So it's wrong for him to be a priest. But his priesthood is not from the tribe of Levi or after Aaron. His priesthood is after the order of Melchizedek, who has no beginning nor end, nor father nor mother, whose priesthood is eternal. Jesus ever liveth. He's a priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek. There are two things Melchizedek did when he met Abraham. Two things. First one was communion. He gave Abraham bread and wine. Communion. That is why the last thing that Jesus did before he died was to break his body and to break, give, pour out his blood. He told the disciples, do this in remembrance of me. That's the first thing that we do. Because we are under the high priesthood of Jesus. Which is the high priesthood that is after the order of Melchizedek. That's why we partake of the communion. You understand? In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul said that I have received that which I received from the Lord. Jesus appeared to him and taught him to do communion. And I'm committing that to you. The next thing that Melchizedek did for Abraham was to take a tenth from him. He took tithes from him. That is why we, we take tithes. He says, here men receive it, but there he ever lived to take it. He ever lived to receive it. You think it's a joke? It's not a joke. Practice the word of God. When it comes to prosperity, there are principles related to it. There are covenants related to it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Remember what came to teach us here recently, isn't it? Yeah, give, and it shall be given unto you. You don't hoard. If you hoard, you will not get. The way to have more is to give more. As simple as ABCD. Even unbelievers do it and they prosper. That's a universal principle. Praise the Lord. Say, I'm a doer of the word. Say it again, I'm a doer of the word. You must look out for things that you can do in the word. Okay? Things that you can do. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you decide, I'm going to renew my mind. This is something I can do. I can renew my mind with the word of God. I'm going to think like the word of God thinks or sees. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to think in light with the word. You decide. That is the only place where you change, though. No other thing. Your friends can't help you change. Can anybody learn for you to pass your exam? We, wish, we all wish we could do that. If people could lend you their head. You have about five friends, who, smart guys. You let everybody lend you their head for two weeks. Then they learn for you. You enter the exam hall, all their brains come together. Let our powers combine. <laughs> I am Captain Planet, and then it work for you. There's nothing like that. There are things you need to do. You, you. If you don't do it, nobody can do it for you. The best we can do is to talk to you. But you need to do something. You. Tell me about you. You need to do something. And you need to decide that I'm going to do it. Rise up on your feet and let's thank God for what you have shared with us. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.